0: Hello, welcome back to the Barefoot Books podcast. In this Norwegian tale, a compassionate prince confronts a heartless giant in order to save his older brothers and their wives. After the story, go to barefootbooks.com to find the complete Barefoot Giants, Ghosts, and Goblins collection. Barefoot Book of Giants, Ghosts, and Goblins, traditional tales from around the world. Retold by John Matthews, narrated by Jerry Nelson. the giant with no heart in his body, Norwegian. There was once a king who had seven sons whom he loved very much. Indeed, he loved them so much that he always had to have at least one of them by his side. And so when they were grown into handsome young men and wanted to set out in search of suitable princesses, the king gave all of them permission to go except one, the youngest who was called Ashpaddle. The king could not bear to be without at least one of his sons, so he kept Ashpaddle at home and made the older princes promise to bring back a bride for their younger brother. Well, the six princes went searching through all the neighboring kingdoms until they found a king who had six daughters and every one of them as beautiful as the day. The six princes wooed the six princesses and won them. Then they set off for home, having quite forgotten to bring a seventh princess for Ashpaddle. On the way, they passed a huge dark castle, which was the home of a fearsome giant who just happened to be looking out of the window at the time. Furious that anyone dared to trespass on his lands, the giant turned all six princes and all six princesses to stone, and there they stood. Time passed, and the king grew more anxious every day that his sons did not return, Thank goodness I didn't let you go as well, he said to Ashpaddle. As it happens, answered the prince, I was just thinking of going to look for my brothers. No, 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 cried the king. I will lose you as well. But Ashpaddle insisted. He nagged and nagged until the king finally gave in. But having spent a fortune equipping the other princes with fine clothes and magnificent horses, he had nothing left to give to his youngest child but a poor suit and a broken down old horse. Ashpaddle didn't mind at all. Don't worry, father, he said as he left. I shall return, and who knows, I may bring my brothers back as well. So Ashpaddle set out along the road, and he had not gone very far before he saw a raven lying in the road. The bird was so weak with hunger that it could not even get out of the way. When it saw the prince, it called to him. Please, spare me a little food. If you do, I promise to help you when you most need it. Well, I don't know about that, said Ashpaddle. but you can have some of my food anyway. Ash Paddle went on his way, and in a little while he came to a river. On the bank was a huge salmon, which had become stranded. When it saw the prince, it called out to him, Help me get back into the water. If you do, I promise to help you when you are most in need. Well, I don't know about that, said Ashpaddle. but I'll help you anyway. And he gathered up the fish in his arms and tossed it back into the water. Then he went on his way. For days and weeks, Ashpaddle traveled on without a sign of his brothers. In the end, his broken down old horse fell dead beneath him. As he stood by the road wondering how he was going to get along, a wolf came crawling toward him. It was so weak and thin, it looked as though a puff of wind would blow it away. Please, it said to the prince, give me your horse. I haven't eaten anything for a year and I'm starving. If you do this for me, I shall help you find your brothers. I don't know about that, said Ashpaddle. but you're welcome to whatever meat you can get off my poor old horse. So the wolf set to, and when it had finished, it was so much stronger that it offered to carry Ash Paddle on its back. The prince put his saddle on its back and a bit in its mouth, and off they sped, much faster than the poor old horse had ever gone. Soon they arrived at the giant's castle, and Ash Paddle saw the twelve lumps of stone standing beside the road. Those are your brothers and the six princesses they were bringing home with them, said the wolf. If you want to save them... You have to go in and confront the giant. But won't he kill me, said Ashpaddle. Well, he might, said the wolf. But inside there is a princess who knows all about the giant and his ways. She will help you. So Ash Paddle went up to the door of the castle and knocked. The door was opened by the most beautiful girl he had ever seen. Go away quickly, she cried. This castle belongs to a giant. If he comes home and find you here, he will certainly kill you. Those are my brothers outside turned to stone, said Ashpaddle. Now that I'm here, I must do the best I can to rescue them. And he added, maybe I can save you as well. The princess blushed. Well, she said, we must just do the best we can. Go and hide under the bed and be sure to listen carefully to everything you hear. No sooner had Ashpaddle hidden himself than the giant came home. He sniffed the air. There's a terrible smell of human flesh in here, he bellowed. Oh, said the princess, a magpie flew over the castle this afternoon and dropped a human bone down the chimney. I threw it out at once, but the smell does take time to go. The giant said no more, and soon it was time for bed. The princess lay down next to the giant, and after a while she said, There was something I wanted to ask you, but I'm too afraid. What is it? asked the giant. Well, said the princess, I know you don't carry your heart with you. I was just wondering where you kept it. That's nothing to do with you, said the giant, but if you must know... It's under the stone slab in front of the door. Aha! thought Ashpattle, who was, of course, still hidden under the bed. Now I know what to do. In the morning, the giant went off in search of prey. As soon as he was out of sight, Ashpattle and the princess started digging up the stone slab in front of the door in search of the heart. They dug and dug until finally they realized that the giant had lied. You'd better hide under the bed again tonight, said the princess. He won't fool me again. Then she picked all the prettiest flowers she could find and strewed them over the doorstep. Soon the giant came home. There's still a terrible smell of human flesh around here, he said suspiciously. Oh, said the princess, that magpie came by again and it dropped another human bone down the chimney, I got rid of it as quickly as possible, but the smell does linger. The giant said nothing for a while. Then he asked who had been strewing the flowers all over the doorstep. That was me, said the princess. Since I know your heart is under there, I wanted to make it nice. Well, you needn't have bothered, said the giant. My heart isn't there at all. Oh, said the princess. And later on, when they were lying side by side, and Ash Paddle was again hidden under the bed, she said, If your heart isn't under the doorstep, where is it? In that cupboard up there on the wall, said the giant. Now stop asking questions and go to sleep. Next day, when the giant had left in search of food, Ash Paddle and the princess searched the cupboard for the heart. Once again, they found nothing the princess declared. Well, we shall just have to try again. Then she got garlands and hung them all around the cupboard. When the giant came home, he sniffed and roared that there was still a horrible smell of human flesh in the house. I'm sorry, the princess said. That magpie came by again and dropped another bone down the chimney. I did my best to get rid of the smell, but it takes a long time to go away.
1: "'Mmm,'
0: said the giant. "'Why are there garlands all around my cupboard?' "'Ah,' said the princess. "'Since your heart is in there, I wanted to make it as nice as I could.' "'You needn't have bothered,' the giant grumbled. "'It's not in there at all. "'You can never know where my heart is.' "'Oh, dear,' said the princess. "'If only I knew where it was, I, I should be so happy.' Well, the giant said reluctantly, since you've been so nice to me lately, I'll tell you. Far away from here is an island. On that island is a tower, and in the tower there is a well. In the well swims a duck, and inside the duck is an egg, and inside the egg is my heart. So you see, you could never get to it even if you tried. Under the bed, Ash Paddle ground his teeth. How am I going to find the giant's heart, he wondered. Next morning, the giant once again left the castle early in search of a meal. When he had gone, Ashpaddle bade farewell to the princess. I only wish I knew where I was going, he said, but I have to try anyway. Outside the castle, he found the wolf waiting. When it heard about the giant's heart, it said, I know the way. Jump on my back and I'll take you there. Off they sped, faster than the wind, but it still took them three days to reach the lake. Ash Paddle stood at the edge of the water, looking across at the island. Oh, how am I going to get across, he wondered. I'll take you, said the wolf. Have courage. And then with the prince on his back, he swam across to the island. There, at the center, stood the tower. It had one door and the key was hanging on the wall, far too high up for Ash Paddle to reach. ''Now what shall I do?'' said the prince. ''You must call the raven,'' answered the wolf. Ashpaddle did so, and in a few moments the raven landed in an untidy bundle of feathers at his feet. The prince explained his problem, and the bird flew up at once and fetched the key. Ashpaddle went inside, and here, just as the giant had said, was the well with the duck swimming about in it. Ashpaddle reached in and seized the duck, but in its fright, it dropped the egg, which sank beneath the murky waters of the well. Now, what shall I do? said Ashpaddle. You must call the salmon, said the wolf. Ashpaddle did so, and in less than a minute the salmon rose up to the top of the well. The prince explained his problem, and at once the salmon swam down and returned with the egg. Now, said the wolf, squeeze the egg. Ashpaddle squeezed. And even though they were hundreds of miles away, they heard the giant scream. Holding the egg, Ash Paddle jumped onto the wolf's back, and away they sped, faster than the wind. Soon they were back at the giant's castle, and there Ash Paddle squeezed the egg even harder. With a terrible cry, the giant came bursting out of the castle. He fell at the prince's feet and begged to be spared. Turn my brothers and their brides back from stone, demanded Ashpaddle. The giant was eager to do as he asked, and in a moment the six princes and the six princesses stood blinking in the light of day. Now, whispered the wolf, squeeze the egg to pieces. Ash Paddle squeezed the egg until it was quite flat, and the giant fell down and burst into a hundred pieces. After that, everything went very well for everyone. Ashpaddle and his brothers and the six princesses, and of course the princess from the giant's castle, went home together and they all got married. Ashpaddle rewarded the wolf, the raven, and the salmon by telling them to visit him whenever they wanted and to eat as much as they liked. The king was delighted to have all his sons home again and he gave the place of honor at the top of the table to Ashpaddle and his bride. Then they began a grand celebration. And if they haven't finished, they are at it still. That's all for today's episode. Thanks for listening. Now you can visit barefootbooks.com slash podcast to find special offers, join our email list, and listen to past episodes of the Barefoot Books podcast. See you next week. Bye.